as I mentioned earlier today, is called Consecration Sunday, uh, where we come together to commit our tithes and our gifts uh, for the upcoming year, uh, our financial giving. Uh, as I stated earlier, I want to frame this conversation um, as an opportunity for us to contribute towards the ministries uh, of this church. Uh, we at Mount Hope Church, we talk about money, um, and um, the reason we do that is uh, because Jesus talked about money. When you read the Gospels, there are several instances where Jesus talked about money. That is one of the big um, the most teaching that Jesus has done is about money. And so today, as his disciples, we are going to continue to do that. And uh, this conversation about money is an extremely personal one. It is between you and your God. Uh, please don't feel obligated to give money to Mount Hope Church. Uh, I don't want you to feel obligated or tricked into giving money. We don't give money to the ministries of the church out of a sense of guilt, uh, but rather we give with gratitude. We give as a way of saying thank you to God. I want to frame this conversation uh, through that uh, lens, if you will. If you don't call Mount Hope your church home, uh, please don't feel obligated to give uh, to this church, uh, but I hope that you can hear uh, the wonderful things that are happening here at Mount Hope Church uh, in all the ways that God um, is working and doing amazing things here. Um, later during the service, uh, during the operatory time, uh, you'll have an opportunity to put your pledge card that you filled out in the plate uh, as your faith statement saying, I trust God will provide for us in the future and I'm trusting God with a portion uh, of so that it can be used for God's ministry. Let us pray. <clears throat> Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for all the blessings you have poured on this day. May we continue to be faithful in our discipleship of financial giving. Thank you for blessing us. We pray this in your name. Amen. So today we had a wonderful baptism in church. Uh, usually when a baptism takes place, there are a lot of family that comes around. There are little kids uh, that are part of the worship service. Uh, several years ago, uh, when our kids were rather young, our oldest was six, and I think Josiah, our infant, was two. And we have four children, so it was six, four, two, and an infant. And uh, one of our friends asked us to be godparents. Uh, so we were there in church. Uh, we showed up um, to be there uh, with all of us. And as the service began, the pastor who was officiating um, uh, the sacrament of baptism made an announcement um, and said, I would love for all the children in the church to come forward. And my heart dropped. My heart dropped. And I looked at Kristen and we said, okay, let's go forward. So we took all our four kids up front and we were godparents, so we were supposed to stand there. So we were there standing with our kids. There were other kids. Most of them were a little older than ours. And we were trying to pay attention to the service and the vows that we were about to take. And as the pastor started to read, uh, we used to do baptisms a little differently before the pandemic. Uh, we were actually facing the altar, facing the baptism font. Uh, and our kids were right next to us. Uh, and as this was happening about two minutes into the service, uh, I realized that my Annika, uh, my third, who was two at that point, was slowly sliding away from us. Um, and um, 
Chris and I were looking at each other, wondering what to do, uh, whether to kind of pull her back or let her go. Um, if you, you know, if you, and that's Annika. She literally dances to her own drumbeat. Like, ask her to do something. It's a five-page essay as to why that request is unintelligible to her. And actually, both my daughters are that way. So apparently, it's a good thing. So anyway, I digress. So this is happening. The chaos is kind of building, brewing in front of us. And then Annika takes a few other steps away. And now we are closer to the font. And Annika is about five feet away from us. And we can't see her. So we're doing this as we're trying to pay attention to the liturgy of the baptism. And, um, and then Annika starts running. And at this point, Elijah thinks it's a game of chase. So he starts running after her. And we don't know what to do. What, what do you do? And the whole church is laughing at this point because they're, they're literally having at it, like, you know, going back and forth. And there's no way for us to control it. Uh, and, um, and the church is laughing and, and not with us, at us, because we are not laughing. Um, and, and then at one point, Annika actually leaves us, runs out of the sanctuary. And Kristen ran after her and we were mortified. We were absolutely mortified by this experience, right? Like, we were terrified. We just wanted to dig a hole, run away, not greet anybody after church, just go home, right? Right? When you come to church with children, right, our expectation is that they're quiet. Why? Where did that start from, right? As parents, right, we put so much pressure on ourselves to make sure the children are quiet. Shh, don't talk loudly. Hey, be quiet. I used to bribe my kids with, like, food uh, every time they went to church. Like, they had the best time ever. Like, you know, here's a lollipop, here's some chocolate. Be quiet, don't talk, don't move, right? This, this is just part of who we are, right? Shh, be quiet, don't make a lot of noise. Elizabeth, don't make a lot of noise, right? <laughs> right? That, that, like, why? Why do we do that? Like, especially for parents, I think we do that is because we don't want our kids to be the center of it, right? We just want us to fade away. We want them to fade away, and everything will be over, and the hour of worship will be done, and we'll be home, and everybody is happy, right? But this morning, that is not the case, as you can hear Elizabeth. She's going to be loud, and that's okay, right? This morning scripture, this morning scripture is about making a loud noise, making a joyful noise, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing, make a joyful noise. Other translations uh, um, use this word, shout for joy, shout for joy, make a joyful noise, shout for joy. Did you hear that? Shout for joy. Why? Why are we called to shout for joy? We're called to shout for joy because God is doing amazing things. We're supposed to shout for joy. Rejoice loudly because God is doing some amazing things. So this morning, friends, I don't want to be quiet. I want to make some noise. I want to make, I want to shout for joy for what God is doing in this church. I want to read Psalm 100 in the context of the ministries that have taken place in this church uh, for the past year. And as I read each verse, I want to tell a story or two about how that verse has lived out in the life of this church. Verse 2, we read, worship the Lord with gladness. 
come before Him with joyful songs. We're called to worship the Lord with gladness. Each week, we come into this house of worship and we worship God. We are passionate about our worship services. We work hard to provide high-quality worship experiences to everyone who is present here. I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful for the staff of this church, the volunteers who are part of this worship experience, who work so hard to provide this beautiful music in various ways that you provide for us. And we make a joyful noise. Pastor Joanne and I often get feedback about how a song or a hymn touched somebody during their worship service here. We hear from several individuals uh, testimonies about how the worship service was meaningful. It was exactly what they needed at that time. Sunday morning worship services is essentially transforming us. Transforming the lives of everyone around us. People leave this house of worship knowing that they have encountered God when they're going through a difficult time. They have joy on their face when they walk out knowing they have experienced God's goodness. There was one person who was telling me, I love coming to church for worship because I just feel so close to God. I feel God's presence here. Friends, we are called to make worship. We are called to worship and we are doing an amazing job worshiping our God in this church. For those who leave this church, who, who leave this hour of worship, after this hour of worship, it, is, it gives healing to those who are hurting, strength to those who are weak, comfort to those who are hurt, that is the beauty of us coming together and worshiping. And for that, we make joyful songs and we celebrate. The next verse we read is, Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us. And we are His people. The people of His pasture. We are called to know God. There are a lot of small g gods that want to take our attention. But we are called to know the living God. The one God who created you and me. And knowing is important. It is important for us to be intentional about knowing this God. Faith formation is something that we at Mount Hope have taken seriously. We have life groups where adults come together to learn about, to learn about what it means to follow this God. What, is, what does it mean for us to follow this living God who created us? We provide opportunities during Advent and Lent. And this is another opportunity that is coming up here for us to learn about our God. So that we don't leave his pasture. That we are his. And also this time I want to share about this is not just for the adults. Our Sunday school for children is growing as well. Things are doing wonderfully there and I'm so grateful for all who help with volunteers and staff who run that ministry which is such life-giving to our kids our youth group has seen a growth as well just like our children's ministry 
And we are proclaiming God's word into the lives of these young people. Our youth group teenagers not only come here weekly to learn about God's word, but they go away on retreats uh, to Gretna Glen to learn about God and God's nature for spiritual renewal. This is something that I want to make a loud noise about. That we are about the business of making God known to those who call Mount Hope their home. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his coats with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his coats with praise. The temple in Jerusalem was on a hill. And as you entered, the inner sanctum of that temple was the Holy of Holies. But there was a march that would take place as you walked towards the temple. And those, call, those were called the entering the gates of the temple. And here, the best example I can give for entering God's temple and these gates is our parking lot. And our time spaces of fellowship is our coats here. We've strategically hosted a lot of large community gatherings that is open for everyone. This year, uh, in March, we hosted the Leprechaun Pancake Breakfast. We had over 150 people come to that. We followed this event with an Easter egg hunt where 2,000 eggs were hunted in our parking lot. Isn't that amazing? We had uh, an end-of-the-year summer party, and we had over... So many people that came to that from the community. Our whole parking lot was turned into a carnival. There were adults who were sitting around tables, chatting and eating together. Kids were running around, jumping in puddles of water. It was absolutely amazing. And we did our trunk or treat event that was followed with dining under the stars in Haberset Hall where people came together to break bread together. And there was a wonderful energy. Friends, that is what we are doing. And just yesterday, two days ago on Friday, we had family feud. We had 70 people come to this. And the whole room was filled with laughter. People were laughing and giggling. And we raised close to $800 towards missions. Let me tell you, there was so much laughter that night and then we are called to serve the Lord with gladness indeed we serve those who are in need in our community with gladness this is something Mount Hope Church does I've just shared with you just yesterday we served over 40 families with groceries that are worth that can feed them for a full month and on top of that we gave each family turkeys and all the Thanksgiving fixings we had over 30 volunteers ranging from seven years old to older adults who were teenagers and middle schoolers and elementary kids, everyone willing to serve those who are in need. In January, we started this new thing a couple of years ago called Martin Luther King Day of Service. This was another incredible event where we cared for the community that surrounds us. We made blankets for those who are in homeless shelters we made uh, peanut butter sandwiches. We collected sp sports equipment for kids who don't have money to buy cleats. And we cared for our veterans, for our uh, uh, current uh, army personnel. 
We did all these things. And later in the spring, we did something even bigger. We packed 20,000 meals for countries that are experiencing famine so that they don't have to die out of starvation. 20,000 meals is what we packed. That was absolutely amazing. Our teens went to Tennessee to serve those who are in need. Friends, we are, we are serving our immediate community. We are serving those who are around us and are and then in Tennessee and in the world that is experiencing famine. Finally, we read these words. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness is for all generations. I want to read this again because I want you to remember these words. For the Lord our God is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. This is the truth that we need to embrace. We need to plaster these words in our, on our heads, in our souls, in our entire being. Our God is steadfast and His love endures forever. A few weeks ago, we celebrated All Saints Sunday where we came together and gave thanks and we lifted up the names of those individuals who've gone on to glory. And this ser church served those families. Your pastors were present during these individuals' time of need. During their grief, we were present. We visited them in the hospital, prayed for them. And we met with the families as we shared memories and officiated the cel a celebration of their life services. And we recalled their generosity and their faithfulness to both the God that they served and to this church. Now there's a generation that is behind us, behind them that is growing in this church, learning that the Lord is good and God is faithful and God's love is unconditional. Here are the individuals who were baptized this year. I want to name these individuals. Jacob Blair, Sophia, Jesse, Joshua Rogers, um, Madeline Boggs, Brady Pace, and this morning was Elizabeth. These members, these parents of these children are entrusting us to raise them in the Lord. This is a phenomenal responsibility for us. And having these many baptisms is pretty incredible. That these families are choosing to be part of Mount Hope Church. This is the next generation that needs to know their God. That their God is good and his love endures forever. They need church. They need this church more than ever. I think this generation of the children that I just named, think about how drastically the culture has changed just in the past 10 years. I wonder how the culture is going to be when these young people are going to be teenagers. And they will need the church to speak to them about God's goodness, God's faithfulness, and how God calls each one of us to be kind and loving to those around us. 
I hope you're hearing the amazing things that our church is doing. How we are living out Psalm 100. We're doing all these things to declare God's goodness. And friends, your financial generosity has had a huge impact on how we do the work that God is calling us to do. You are making an impact by your generosity. So this morning, I want to invite you to fill out that pledge card as a statement. As a statement that God is going to be faithful in the coming year to you. Your pledge is going to have an impact in how we carry out our ministries in our community, in our immediate church family, and though all that surrounds us. This morning, I want to invite you to pause for a minute. I want you to uh, have a moment of silence as the band is coming up. Uh, I want to invite us to pause and think about how God has blessed you. I want us to think about the God's goodness in your own life and how God has used this church to bless you. Let us pause for a minute in prayer. This time I want to invite us to pray this prayer together um, as a congregation. Let us pray together. God of abundance, as we bring gifts to your altar, we confess that we have wallowed in scarcity thinking. We worry that we might not have enough, not just in our lives, but also as part of your church eternal. Our scarcity thinking has sentenced us to think small in what we can do and moved us to believe in the dark corners of our conscience that you are somehow limited. Forgive us if we have been afraid to believe that you have enough. Need past as now and will be in the future. As witness of Christ's abundant love, we pray.